hey, we're going to be talking about Bitcoin. We're going to be talking about blockchain. We're going to be talking about ICOs and cryptocurrencies and a whole bunch more, uh, Reg A plus and, and IPOs. And I did I dipped down into a good friend of mine, Tim Wales, an inspiring leader who he leverages his passion and experience to propel others to success. He leads a company in Phoenix that's just doing some great stuff called Kadima Ventures. And they're laser focused on helping emerging companies about collaborative setting, designing and building custom enterprise business solutions. Now, we'll get into more about that in the show because it's a really cool way of doing it, kind of like an ecosystem for everything. Now, he's a former Marine, which is awesome. And he overcame some real challenges and understands their critical role of a driven, accountable team. And he leads a team. And he's been big into this world before a lot of other people, before it became mainstream. And we're going to talk about it becoming mainstream. And is it going to become mainstream? Because, baby, I can tell you, it is And I am so pleased that we have this episode sponsored by Liberty Tax Institute and Elytra Health. And speaking about my sponsors, on this show, we talk a lot about entrepreneurs that dared to be bold and left the corporate grind behind. And if you always wanted to venture out on your own and make things happen, don't forget Liberty Tax Service. That's right. These guys have over 4,500 locations in the U.S., They're proven franchise models. You can do a seasonal franchise. They'll help you look for some financial freedom. And, you know, hey, you'll learn how to do your taxes. So to learn more, visit LibertyTaxFranchise.com or or write to me, call me, and I'll put you directly in touch with the CEO, the CMO, the CFO, the CIO, in with the C-suite because I want you to get started on your own dreams and aspirations and, you know, walking down that yellow brick road. So with that, let me introduce... Uh, my good friend, Tim Wells, the CEO of Kadima Ventures. From Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, so first thing I have to do is tackle your name, Kadima Ventures. Why Kadima? Is that what? It's a Hebrew term, right? It is. It's Hebrew. You know, we like we like looking at industries that are way behind, and and we drive them forward. And Kadima means forward in Hebrew. Are you, but you're not Jewish, right? Nope. No, no, just not at all. But you're smart about picking the name, which is pretty good. <laughs> hey, nobody else is using it, so you know when you give technologists a name that gives us free reign on the internet, we take it. That's exactly right. That's the, that's kind of and and you're you're a former uh, marine, so take take the take the beachhead, right? Take take the yeah, take, take the, the beachhead. Yeah, take the ground. Take the ground. All right, so we I want to jump in right off the bat, but um you know, the hottest thing we got cooking right now is everything about blockchain, blockchain and crypto. You've been in the middle of that since the beginning. Yeah, we've been going on about three and a half years playing in this space, and uh, it's, it's evolving rapidly. I mean, investors three years ago would laugh at you if you brought it up. Now they're 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 scrambling to get involved. Yeah, well, I was one of those guys, to be honest with you. I was one of those guys that said, "Oh, come on, this is like trading cabbages and chickens." But I'm a believer now. I'm drinking the cryptocurrency Kool Aid. I guess is the best way to describe it. So. But let's talk about what it really is, because everybody's still confused when they think crypto or they think blockchain, they think Bitcoin, but it's not just Bitcoin. No, it's it's way beyond that. It's, um, you know, the distributed ledger component of it, not to sound too technical, is just, you know, imagine everything you do in life, you have visibility into um, 
every transaction that's ever been existed and have third-party verification. Um, it's the simplest way to to break it down. Yeah, but it's also like the, taking the bits and pieces. It's almost like Star Trek, like when they teleport someone, where they get, you break you all up and then and then you have to have the special key to reassemble somebody on the other side, right? Yep, pretty much. You need to if you do break that path, um, you know it's going to be pointed out. So, um, you know, just even from a security and compliance standpoint, just having accountable security logs, blockchain makes a huge impact. Almost anywhere you look in the technological world, that's why you know they were kind of coining it as Web 2.0. That's kind of died out finally. Um, but anywhere you look, blockchain can somewhat uh, make an impact. Now it's going to take a while to get there. You mentioned something. You said Web 2.0. It, it's not replacing the Internet, but it's <laughs> it's almost the next Internet, right? Yeah, in a way. I mean, it's just, you know, imagine now we can log almost every transaction that does happen online. You just take the fact that look at look at the malls of today. There was a great article that came out last week that stated or, or just recently, I don't remember when, um, about malls. They're dying, right, at a rate of like 62% or something. That's the projections. Well, look at online shopping. Imagine your transactions are now in a blockchain where you can go back. You don't need receipts anymore. You can verify a transaction anywhere in time from what computer, from you name it. That's the impact blockchain has. Well, so it's got even a positive impact for your IRS, meaning they now, now you don't even have to keep track of. I take picture after picture after picture of every receipt. I, I can't wait to get through that and be able to do it. Yeah, I mean, just look at what what it could do to the tax system. I mean, everything is already connected one way or another. So everything from pay stubs to you know how how we do our bank transactions, that stuff should be a click of a button and. And that's where I think some of the fear mongering comes. I mean, are you eliminating the entire need for those tax, you know, these tax agencies out there? Who knows? I mean, the technology is there to do it, but that's where a lot of the fear on the technology side comes from just eliminating complete vertical markets. So what do you think is the hot stuff? I mean, because we're not even in the, it's still infancy. You, you, you've been involved with this for three years, but it, three years is nothing for what we're seeing right now. I mean, because there's less than 1% of the population even in this stuff yet. So where's it going to go from here? Well, altcoins, look at, look at altcoins. Um, people don't what do you really mean, know. What do you mean by altcoins? What, yeah, what do you mean by altcoins? So, so basically, these these companies are creating these white papers and doing these ICOs, and they create their own coin um, right. to be able to do transactions and products. A token. And, it's yeah, basically a token. Basically, right? a token, and those tokens you can then take, and as they get added to exchanges, you can trade them just like a current day stock market. Altcoins, um, you know, you take some of our portfolio alone. I mean, we have one project we got in on got some early tokens got the bonuses we were at you know one cent or something when it was released and when we bought in plus the bonuses you know it's at like 60 cents right now and you know now we've got a two thousand percent return in like four weeks and Mm -hmm. and the market now is just starting to really pick up on altcoins that they're outperforming ethereum they're outperforming bitcoin um so it's altcoins are the ones to watch right now so so these are the you know i'm participating in a couple of these so these are the utility tokens and you could be currency pieces that you would look at too but the, you know a lot of this stuff is utility so because of the difference between what's in the US and what's worldwide right because we want to look at a difference right in the US we're a little bit more restricted yet right oh yeah pretty much you know we're we're trying to guide everybody that's getting involved look at look at it being classified one way or another as a security 
it plays mm-hmm. really hand in hand with our reggae plus knowledge, right? You know, we believe in, in just through the word on the street that the SEC is going to try and create their own next exchange, right? Or, or, or market using a digital platform of some sort. And, and we believe that the direction they're taking is using where reggae plus is now and modifying it uh, and cleaning up the mistakes that, that were made during reggae plus. Because they're, they're worried about people who might not be the smartest people getting in this and being taken advantage of. I mean, that's their job to protect, right? Yeah. I mean, when you're a utility token, you're basically following crowd sale rules. So it's, it's free reign. Um, and when you, when you have a global footprint, they, that's why they're raising so much money. In the U.S., though, a, a lot of the altcoins, you, you can't opt in unless you're an accredited investor. Um, and, mm. and honestly, it, it needs to be like that from our opinion right now in the U.S., just to just because you don't want the SEC shutting you down, you don't want to get into to those battles because they're kind of finding their way themselves right now. Well, I don't think anybody wants to be shut down. So I think they want to comply with it. But are the rules staying up with what's going on? Oh, no, I, I think there's um, I think the ICO world um, from a technology standpoint is way, way, way ahead of of regulation or deregulation um, in this fact. Um, I, I think just the government is so far behind themselves and it's it's hitting the market so fast that they don't know how to keep up. So so I think next year is going to be a pretty impactful year on on seeing what they do to start to regulate it, put some structure. They did towards uh, Q4 this year, they finally did the, the SEC. There were some rulings that really kind of gave the guideline on on you know, what is a utility token compared to a security? Um, a lot of the, the top brass at the SEC say, look, if you're trading a token of any kind, it's sorry, it's a security. So, and this isn't even getting into the city and state levels, right? That's a whole nother ball game. Just on the federal side, it's, there's a lot, a lot of movement going on and how they're going to start to regulate this more. Well, and they even shut down one particular, they did a cease, cease and desist on Munchie. I saw that one come through. I think that was the very first one. And they made them give back the money. Oh yeah, they they made them give back the money. I mean, and there's deeper problems than that too. I mean, there was a there was a big exchange shut down in another country this week, um, and you know they're they're shut down for insider trading for a bunch of different reasons. But most importantly, why they were shut down is these companies are making a massive amount of money and they haven't fundamentally locked the project down. So that exchange is shut down because it was like seventy six million dollars in cryptocurrency stolen. Then they got hit again for another four million, forty million or something like that. And the, the stupid thing is it was the same door they left open the first time. Mm, just, you know, it's just, it's, I don't know if they're morons or they're just unprepared or, or it was intentional all, or all the above, right? You know, you never know sometimes with some of these, especially outside the country. Um, and, you know, you got to give the SEC credit for trying to stay ahead of it. You got to give them credit for trying to do what they're supposed to do because that's their job. But at the same time, you've got to say, look, we've got to get moving faster so that we can stay up with what the world's doing. Because the world is, you know, when you look at Europe, they're much further ahead than we are in this area. Oh, yeah. Agreed. They're they're light years ahead of us. They also have free reign. They don't have as, you know, the same regulation we have in the U.S. And, you know, I, I will give credit to the SEC. It took them a long time, I think, to really start to get going because there's not a lot of cases out there. Um, there is a little bit of an onslaught right now of... Um, kind of the class action suits, which would be expected when you, you know, in these Mm. scenarios. So a a slew of those came out this week, but the SEC has been doing a good job to try and react and also let it grow. They're not, they're not just hammering down everywhere. Um, 
No, it's true. You're, you're right. You're, you're, they could do a lot more to put a stop to a lot of the stuff that's going out there. You know, and I'm not saying that the stuff that's out there is bad because I don't think it is. I think most people have good intent. Most people want to do the right thing. Most people want to be, you know, uh, very ethical and legal in their operations. I, I believe most businesses are that way. The vast, vast 99%. Now, I do believe there are some out there that are the opposite of that. And I think that's the ones we got to protect against and not harm those that are legitimate, ethical and operating with fair practices. But um, let me ask you a question about, you know, about more of the of where this is going to go. I mean, do you see that this would someday replace all the way in which we do currencies? I do think that's where it's going. I mean, I think there's a lot of pretty uh, impactful people in, in the U.S. alone Um some some high power VCs that are claiming the same thing. And, you know, in a way, if you look at the current system on Wall Street, it is kind of still rudimentary, right? And there's, you know, there's just look at those transactions. I, you know, buy orders, sell orders, stacking, you know, all the great things that go along with with what's been built in the current day stock exchange. You take blockchain and you start to digitize all that stuff. You have a lot more accountability if you really, really get down to the nuts and bolts than we do of current today. Yeah, well, let me come back. I'm going to take a quick break and then come back. And I, this is exciting. And of course, you and I both sit on some ICOs that are launching some boards. And so we should disclose that. So we both got skin in this game. And, you know, I think we both hold tokens and, and, and e-currencies um, just because we can and we're trying. You might have more. I might have more. I don't know. I don't look. I don't look at your wallet. You know, there we go. All right. Let me take a break. All right. Can I got to tell you, I'm loving my newest all business sponsor and it's in Stitchu. I really love this. It's an Australian based company. It moved to the U.S. and they specialize in custom tailored menswear for the modern gentleman. I'm talking about guys like Tim and me. I mean, they make us look good. They use your measurements. They're saved online profile. So it makes reordering a breeze. I, I actually went into one of their showrooms, got measured up, but you can go and do it yourself. They got a, you know, tutorials right there online. And each order is covered by their perfect guarantee. That means they will alter the, the garment, remake it, refund if it's not, if, if it's not right. But mine came back perfect. I ordered like six shirts and three jackets. I even ordered a pair of pants. Now it's surprising because normally I wear jeans all the time. But I had to go to a function that I got a big award for, and I had to have some big boy pants. These guys took care of me. And we're talking about custom-tailored uh, suits that start at 499 and shirts that start at 89 and great quality stuff. I really love it. I'm never, I never buy off the rack anymore. I love stuff that's tailored because every one of us is different. We're different. And so our clothes should be a little different, too. And so that's what I'm doing. So check them out in Stitchu. It's I-N-S-T-I-T-C-H-U. Dot com in stitch you. So there you go. And if you use a code five for four C suite, you get five shirts for the price of four. That's five. That's the number five, four, F O R, four. That's the number C suite. Just write to me. They'll give you the discount. Okay. You get five shirts for the price of four. That's pretty doggone good. I didn't even have that when I bought mine. Tim, Tim, I, you know, in stitch you, don't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I just uh, ordered a nice custom suit from them. I got some wonderful shirts coming. I, I placed a nice big order, and I'm excited for it to come in. I'm hoping uh, I, I'm hoping it arrives this week. Actually, oh, good. Well, you need that because you got a big function coming up in January the 30th, right? Tell, talk to me about that. Yeah, so you know, three years in the making, and and you know, we we created the innovation fair to bring high impact companies together and uh, early stage companies together with investors, corporations, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna run a little simulated ICO with some investors at that event. 
So, so this is an innovation fair. You're going to have hundreds of people there. As I understand it, you've got investors in the morning and you've got technology companies or owners of the businesses in the afternoon, but they intermingle and they're going to get together. And it's mostly going to be talking about ICOs, about blockchain, about cryptocurrencies, about, you know, Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, everybody, right? Yeah, we're going to talk about quite a few stuff, and, and most importantly, we're going to we're going to issue out some tokens at that event to those investors, and we're going to tell them to go interact with those uh, early stage companies out on a an uh, innovation floor, and uh, they get to issue those tokens, and all the investors will get to see what what they all think of each other and what companies stand out the most. So real time, so we're we're talking tokens. So what's are these real tokens with real value? Well, these are going to be Kadima tokens, and remember, this is a simulation. Um, and okay. we have companies. So, so no one's cash them. You're just showing everybody how it works. Well, I can't say. There might be some surprises with some bonuses. Uh-huh. I, you know, I can't uh-huh. disclose that yet. Okay. All right. Well, I like that's pretty cool. Uh oh, you might have heard it right here in all business. A breaking news as we speak. But you've been involved with uh, some big players in in the Phoenix area. Not that you're not big around the world because Kadim is doing stuff all over the place. With, uh, and I want to get into the Reg A stuff because I want to talk a little bit about that because you were early in the Reg A stuff. And a lot of people don't know the difference between Reg A and ICOs and, and, and IPOs. And I think it's important for us to kind of touch on those because these are new ways to raise money. And uh, we're all about raising money. But talk to me about Jackson Barrett. You were doing a big deal with Jackson Barrett. What was that? Yeah, the Barrett Jackson team got to uh, get the honor of meeting Craig Jackson and their team, and they they really wanted to start connecting with kids. Um, so we, you know, we produced a Steam City um, for the Barrett Jackson, one hundred twenty thousand square foot, and it was all designed to uh, to inspire young kids, especially those entrepreneurs of tomorrow. And uh, you know, just a great partnership and wonderful event. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, that's that's pretty cool. So tell me about what's the difference between Reg A ICO and an IPO. Well, the Reg A Plus, you're, you're following a crowdfunding, the rules set out by uh, the SEC, where you can be traded on a traditional um, exchange, just like NASDAQ. So Reg A Plus just kind of went, you went from Regulation A, which was your kind of first crowdfunding rules, how the SEC you know ruled over them, what the regulation was. Reg A Plus opened it up a little bit more, but put kind of higher higher um, amounts you can raise. You can only raise up to you know $50 million, I think. Um, uh, that's a lot that of money. I mean, come on, for somebody really getting started, that's pretty good. It is. And, and you know, I think it's 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 had a lot of um, ups and downs. There's been a lot of problems. Short sellers, for example, field day with real reggae plus companies. They, they can control it up and down. Short sellers are the bane of most companies' existence, quite frankly. A, a digital exchange gets rid of them. Sorry, yeah. short sellers. It does, doesn't it? Because it can't, it can't play the game. Can't play the game Correct. as much. Yeah. But I mean, they make a living, you know, they make a living by doing it. So you can't knock them. It's not yeah. illegal. No, it's not illegal. It's just what they do. I mean, but if you're trying to build a company for long term gain, it, these guys just play wreck havoc with you all the time. I mean, in a big company, you know, as I was with Kodak or other companies, they just they just beat the living hell out of you. Oh, yeah. I mean, they can almost run you down to zero nothing, but you can have millions in the bank. But that's. That's not how the public market works. You're at <laughs> no, we, zero. <laughs> by, the way, by the way, they did that, and we had about $800 million in the bank. You know Exactly. And they, exactly. Drove, they drove our value down less than what we had cash in the bank, which is, just doesn't make sense. And at the time was at that time was about a, I don't know, $21 billion company. So you think about a $21 billion company, and it, and it was worth less on paper than what was in the bank. 
It was like ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. So of all the things you look at and you, you think a look at and you're working. So Kadima Ventures, the forward thinking, you guys are kind of an infrastructure. And the way I would describe it is, you know, you know, we all know that 90 percent of businesses fail, um, you know, in the first couple of years of existence and only 10 percent of those businesses exceed. And yet only one you know, 1% of that 10% actually has some kind of exit, right? And and I know that you guys work a lot with those types of companies that are really highly successful and you have an, uh, kind of an ecosystem, uh, for lack of a better word, and I apologize, I'm probably not doing as good as you can, but but I know a lot about what you're doing and, and you help these cust- customers or companies you know, if they need funding, you help them with that. If they need app support, you help them with that. If they need technology backbone, you got that. If you need marketing, you got that. So you pull all these different resources together and, and help these companies. And you're going to showcase a lot of that stuff on the Jan- January 30th event. But when you look at a Reg A, you know, Reg A plus, um, you look at an ICO, you look at an IPO, what would you tell a company to take a look at in terms of funding? Right now, honestly, ICO is is going to be my first answer because um, you know it's one of the easiest ways you can fund an idea. We like companies at the earliest stage. I really think it depends on the company. Um, you know, like one of our clients was trying to kind of redefine the staffing world and being able to to help deploy part time workers a lot easier. I wouldn't ICO them. They were a perfect fit for Reg A plus. As a matter of fact, the SEC, you know, kind of used them um, as kind of a poster child, and they did. You know, they did a great job and a lot of ups and downs, but they helped pioneer that space and, and identify a lot of the challenges with Reggae Plus. So I think it's it's variable. I think the traditional the traditional IPO path I think is um, is evolving quickly. I'm not sure if it's as important as it was uh, just five years ago. Mm-hmm. So what is what's keeping cryptocurrencies from mass adoption? It's difficult to use. The platforms are extremely difficult to use. That's, you know, one of the little um, surprises that we're going to debut is a really easy to use platform for both sides, for the early stage idea and the investor side that kind of makes it easy for them. Traditional investors, it's very, very complicated to um, just get used to the tools, how to monitor things, how to pick the winners, because it it is very speculative. Um, And then the fact that you get into, oh, no, you got to go buy Ether first, and you got to go here with it. And then to get those altcoins, you can only go and you need this wallet now, hot wallets, software wallet. I mean, it's, there's too many tools and they're, they're built by technologists. They're not built from like a design perspective or how societies used to using things easily that are in the palm of their hand. Right. So it, it needs to evolve a little bit from the, the end user's perspective. Well, again, getting back to this whole discussion around um, accredited investors or, you know, protecting you know, investors that might be a little bit more naive. You can't be naive and be in this in this world. I mean, you, you I, you know, you gotta, you gotta be pretty smart. You have to educate yourself pretty heavily before you can even open a damn wallet. You know, Would, don't don't you think that's true? Oh, I mean, there's a reason why the hackers are having a field day. I mean, when you take the when you take a somebody that's been playing the Wall Street game for 30, 40 years and has a butt ton of money. Um, and is just trying to retire and play in that space, and they don't know how to simply secure their wallet. Guess what? That cryptocurrency is gone. If they well, get so, it. so then now you're making a case I shouldn't get into this. 
no, I think it's going to keep evolving. I think you're going to see the tools and the systems are getting easier to use. And that's, that's the biggest hurdle, I think, besides the regulatory side is just making it end user friendly and securing it. If you actually do your research, it's not that hard to secure, but you actually have to do a little bit of work. It's not. Okay. So what, how do I secure now, now you get you, you. So I just put some money into a wallet. How do I make sure it's right? I don't even want to say which one it is. Cause I don't want people knowing. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that's a, a much deeper conversation, Jeff. I mean, where are you storing it? Is it a hard wallet? How are you, you know, how are you encrypting it? Are you encrypting it? Um, lots of, lots of, but isn't it, is it safe? I mean, but there's like name three big companies that you can go and trade on these exchanges. So name three, like there's like Coinbase, who else? Well, I'll give you some cool ones to look at, look at Cardona, uh, look at Mm -hmm. Singularity Net. Singularity Net's Mm -hmm. a pretty interesting one just because Singularity Net's trying to do something where they're not doing kind of the traditional ICO path. They're actually, they raise private money, which they got you know, kind of hammered a little bit on. People weren't too happy with it. Then they came out of the gate really coming hard. And now they're going straight to an exchange. Now they had to have a delay because just like everybody else, they fall, you know, they found some discrepancies on who's accredited and who isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so they delayed a little bit, but Singularity Net is a great one. And Cardona um, is another great one. And, you know, there's, this is on the altcoin sides. Um, the you know, Coinbase is in them. Coinbase, meh. They're okay, but there's a lot of altcoins coming out. Yeah, so there's different ones and so forth. And of course, you and I are both on the bo- board for Coin Lion, which is a new exchange. Um, we don't mention those, and it's good that we're not really because uh, that way we're not in the middle of whether we're promoting them or not. I don't want to get into that, um, but I do like you that you should look around and make sure you know what you're doing. How, how the hell did you get into this? I mean, you're you're a former Marine, for God's sake. Oh, you know, I met a not, not saying not saying that Marines aren't smart. Not saying I don't want to. No letters, please. Yeah. No tw- no no tweets. I I know Tim. Uh, we're good. We're good friends. But I you know. But how I never asked you this before. How the hell did you get from a Marine? to to doing what you're doing? Well, I I got into computers a little bit in the military. um, And then when I left, I I got into it more and more and more. And uh, when I exited a company, I really wanted to kind of figure out how to fix early stage funding. And I started really studying it, digging in deep. And we we literally started playing with um, kind of the the open source, the Bitcoin, right? We started playing with that blockchain and, and just interacting and started laying out business process and how do you take business process and plug it into a digital world? And that's how we stumbled across blockchain. And we really were, were laying out all the simple things that everybody should have, like e-signature and, and it just got deep. And we stumbled into it and we were saying, wow, this is bigger than anybody knows. And it was just kind of subtly being bashed in the market back then. Uh, but we started using it as a foundation to kind of create the next generation business platform on how we connect people, how you manage, how you how you incorporate the legal side. We were playing with smart contracts before anybody knew what smart contracts even were. Um, mm-hmm. And and we said, wow, this is a simple way if I just have an operating agreement. Well, now it's on a blockchain. There's no contesting who signed what. It was well, done it's going to when you think about it. It's going to you know. I'm on the board for DocuSign, and I don't want you to talk about them so much. But it it will change that world. It will change the world of all the ways in which we do things for authentication. Uh, I can't even say that word very well, but you know what I'm saying about making sure that the things are real. And today we do it this way. Blockchain is going to change the way we do all those things. 
100%. You know, give give some credit to Estonia too. Estonia really this is a country that was way behind everybody and you know just jogging my memory on how we got into blockchain. It was we started interacting with the you know the the executive technical team for Estonia that took a country that was so far behind everybody else in the world and they leapfrogged past everybody. I mean, they do things like if a police officer, for example, pulls your plate, it notifies you. And this is a lot of it's blockchain based and, and, and the U.S. got involved. A lot of countries got involved. So you've got a great use cake, but they also were a country that, you know, had the heaviest, uh, cyber attack just because they claimed they were pretty secure. So it, it brought on some recourse, but give them some credit. They, they did help kind of drive, drive it into a government, uh, to, for governments to actually accept it and look at it. Well, I think one of the most interesting things on the blockchain isn't always about the, richness of the protection, but it's the speed of which the blockchain operates. I think to me, that's probably the biggest, at least I think so. And maybe you, you know, you're a lot more learned in this than I am, but I think that gives us the greatest advantages is because the way it's layered, you can speed up transactions a great deal uh, faster. Yeah, you can, but that, you know, on the technical sense, there's still challenges with that. I mean, you take, you know, you take Bitcoin, for example, the more you pay in fees, the faster you're going to get, you know, it's going to be mined for that, for that mm-hmm. Bitcoin. Yeah, but that, the stronger the other ones get, the less likely that's going to occur. Correct. IOTA, great one to watch. I, we, I love IOTA. You know, we love playing with their platform. We, you know, IOTA's, they're, they're trying to make it so you can do microtransactions so you can trade less than. You know, you can trade less than a dollar now, um, and they're 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 doing a good job and starting to pioneer, uh, speeding things up, making it cheaper. You mentioned Estonia. What other countries are leading the way in which we, in terms of how we're embracing digital currencies? Well, I think it's a it's a fight. I mean, you've got a lot of countries taking big stances. Singapore, for example, you know, they they've mm-hmm. pretty strict over there. Um, China is still questionable to us. I mean, of course, they're heavily into it, um, but I, do I see a lot coming out of there? Yeah, we see a lot of exchanges that get shut down or kind of <laughs> projects that you really shouldn't be involved with um, just because they're, you know, very pyramid scheming in, in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. but they're still driving the technology. And what's great is open source code. Everybody's contributing to the underlying platforms that are standing out, developers and technologists regularly. So it's always getting better. And that's the beauty of ICOs. We've dumped massive amounts of money because of the ICO process into advancing technology. Think about it. Millions and millions of dollars are being raised because people write a white paper and then they do marketing and they get the technical world to invest in it um, all the way down into the dark net um, where you know every person can all of a sudden get crypto and it opens the doors up to unlimited possibilities. But overall, one of the things that I love the most about what's happening right now is just the simple fact that the amount of money being dumped into ICOs would have never happened if we followed the standard angel investor, venture capitalist, IPO model. But there's there's the people that are going to be at real risk, I think. Um, you know, angel investors or the VC world has almost become I don't know. I don't want to use the word passe, but but it's almost like they're becoming more like traditional banks, and uh, you're starting to see that just uh, wane o- over time. So, hey, listen, I know we're out of time. I want to give you another blatant plug for your event because I'm really intrigued by it. I want, I'm going to help participate in it. So we got it's January the 30th, the Innovation Summit in 
Phoenix. How, how do people find out about it? How does, how does someone get to go? Well, you know, people like Jeff, who's going to be sending out to his network, you, you know, you know, founder Institute, not to give him a big plug, but you know, they're inviting a lot of their startups and pretty powerful, powerful people in that organization. If you dig in, um, you know, various groups that support entrepreneurism all over the country are inviting people. So it's, it's, you know, very collaborative, collaborative approach to uh, solving early stage funding and innovation problems in our country. And what's the website? Um, Kadima. Well, I got to look events.kadimaventures.com or just go to kadima.ventures and you'll find yeah, it. And, and, or look up innovation summit uh, for with Kadima K A D K A D M I N A, right? K A D I M A K A D I M A. Yeah. See, I'm dyslexic. Good. We got it out. We got it spelled. All right. Hey, Tim, what a pleasure, man, talking to you. It's always, uh, I always enjoy it. Uh, I really appreciate it. You've been right here with me on C-Suite Radio. This is Jeff Hazlett, and this has been All Business. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. Hey guys, I want to tell you about Elytra Health, uh, the Manhattan Center for Life and Longevity. Look, when you get to be my age, you get to be any age, it's talk about prevention. We're going to live a lot longer and I want to know what's ahead of me. And so my wife and I went to this place in Manhattan. It's like a spa-like atmosphere and it's unlike any plain medical exam in a plain medical office. It's comprised of unparalleled life-saving uh, preventative testing. Man, the entire exam is done in one day under one roof. They even had breakfast scheduled for me, lunch scheduled for me. And I'm talking about a great breakfast, a great lunch, and all in the most stunning spa-like environment imaginable. Now, I've done this exam for myself and my wife, and it's changed our lives. I'm telling you. Um, I'm, now, I'm now exercising. I'm now eating the right stuff. I'm now know what's coming, right? So to speak, you know, and what I can do to live a lot, lot better life. And I felt, I felt assured and I found out I'm okay and I'm going to live. And I'm just, this is really cool. So spend the money and invest in so many important things in your life or, and sometimes unimportant. This one's important. Invest in the most valuable asset you have, which is ourselves. So visit Elytra Health, E-L-I-T-R-A health.com and schedule your appointment today. Or you call me and I'll put you in touch with them. I'm telling you, this is the executive service you've been waiting for to find out about and to help you. Okay. At the end of every show, I'd like to also talk about what I learned. And what did I learn? Mainstream, baby. This stuff is going to go mainstream. This is going to be around. There's some smart people in it, but you got to be buyers beware, buyer beware. So check it out. Don't just read the white paper and, and drink the Kool-Aid. Check them out. Who are their partners? What are they doing? How are they doing it? What's the best way? Is there other people? Start small, okay? And then when you, you know, if you start gaining on it, you can play with the house's money. But more importantly, you know, find the things that you like and do the things that you, that's the same old thing with any investment if you're going to get into this space. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.